Welcome to the Cherokee County Football Blitz, hosted by Will Cooper and Arthur Mosley. Guys, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Will Cooper, joined alongside my co-host, Arthur Mosley. And Art, we have a special gift sitting on our desk today. We certainly do, Will. I am excited. It is the Enjoy Cherokee's Football Friday edition, Friday Night Lights edition, where Will, we feature some of the uh, a player from each team and, and go through a little bit of that. So Will, tell us tell yeah. us what what they can what folks can see in this uh, edition. Yeah, so the this edition is is very sports heavy. I, I don't, I don't want to say it's completely sports heavy, but it's it's large majority sports. So if you see it out, make sure you pick it up. It's always free and you can sign up for the mailing list on enjoycherokee.com. We have a ton of great stories in there including for football fans specifically, we have Cherokee Kids Go Pro is the name of the uh, the article in this one, and it includes some very recent names in Montreal, Washington, and also Britton Brown, so two guys that were drafted just this past year as well. It includes a handful of other articles. It talks about a Reinhardt player who went through an injury who is on his way back, um, and Chris Long. It talks about a lot of different things in there, and of course, it has the player profiles, including Tanner Savasier from Cherokee, Cole Sackman from Creekview, Jackson Hancock from Sequoia, Adonis Garcia from Woodstock, uh, Jackson Head from River Ridge and then Frank Mosley from Etowah. So if you want to pick up any of those copies, you can if you can find it available, but you can also sign up for the mailing list. Or if you'd rather just read it online, you can find it at enjoycherokee.com. But it is available on all those platforms. So make sure you go check it out. There's also a uh, special article about uh, one of my good friends in this art- in this magazine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't talk about that article. Okay, well, I will. No self-promotion for no, me. No self-promotion, but our very own Will Cooper has a feature in this and this uh, epi- this edition of Enjoy Cherokee, and it just gives you a little bit of insight about the man behind the mic, uh, the the voice of Friday Night Football here in Cherokee County, and it is uh, I think it was well written, and I would encourage you guys to go go take a listen, learn a little bit more about Will and how he got to where he is. I appreciate and uh, and to where we are today. Yeah, how we are and how we got started and what we do. So, uh, of course, that's available wherever you would you would like it, and uh, hopefully we will be able to give some of those out to the schools. So um, if they have a couple extra copies, you, copies, excuse me, you can ask your uh, AD or your coach, and hopefully they will have those available for you. But with all that being said, let's talk about football for a little bit. So what do you have to look forward to on this show? A ton. We had five games last week, including some really great ones. We'll talk about those, and then we will run down the list and talk about all the other other games going on in county this week, including our Cherokee County game of the week, which will be the Woodstock Wolverines as they host the River Ridge Knights. And this will be our first look at these two teams. So we're really looking forward to getting out to Woodstock and the woodshed and being able to see what these two teams are, are putting on the field. Absolutely, Will. It's great. This, this is right before the break where each team next week will have a bye week and we will have been able to see every Cherokee County football team uh, before you know, as they go right at region play or before the break, yep. more importantly. So one, it'll give us a chance to to give each one of these teams, have given one of these teams exposure through the radio. And just for us as football fans, it will give us an opportunity to see every team. And we will have seen, we will have been to the four of the six schools. So yes. it's technically impossible to go to all six since there's only five weeks. So the right. fact the fact we even got on all six is pretty <laughs> impressive on, on the scheduling part. But with all that being said, we're looking forward to that. And when we come back from break, of course, there will not be a podcast next week since there won't be any Cherokee County football to discuss. So hopefully everybody has a good vacation. I know it's fall break. I know a lot of people are heading out of town. So if you are, be safe, safe travels. And if you're listening to us on the way down to the beach or anything like that, or wherever you go on your fall break, hello. 
Hello, and thanks for bringing us along with Th- you. Yeah, looking forward to being at wherever you go to the beach at. <laughs> keep, us, keep us tuned in. <laughs> but we're going to hit our first break of the podcast. When we come out on the other end, we'll be talking about the Cherokee Warriors and their one and three start. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. Feed all the hungry people in your life at Culver's of Hickory Flat. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Hickory Flat is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Hickory Flat, 6778 Hickory Flat Highway. The number one magazine to read is Enjoy Cherokee. This beautiful, full-color, seasonal publication keeps you in the know with articles about interesting people, fun events, hot restaurants, and cool ideas. Enjoy Cherokee is for busy people who enjoy a lifestyle magazine worth reading and keeping. You'll find Enjoy Cherokee available at most high-traffic locations and mailed free to homes throughout Cherokee County. Join the thousands who don't miss a single issue. Follow us on Facebook and find issues on enjoycherokee.com. Ask for a free publication and enjoy. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Appreciate you all for carrying us with you this week and looking forward to seeing some of these teams out and about over the next couple of weeks. One of those teams we're going to talk about is the Cherokee Warriors. We had a chance to go over to Tommy Baker last Friday and watch their matchup against Sequoia. Uh, a surprising loss for the Warriors, I think. Shocked a lot of people. A 14-30 to 30 loss for the Warriors. A couple of bright spots, though. Uh, Savas here was 21 out of 36, including a, a handful that he just kind of had to throw away as they were trying to, to claw their way back and and Sequoia's playing you know prevent defense Uh, but 190 yards and a touchdown once again he's only thrown I believe one interception on the year so that's very impressive for Savasir and then you turn the coin over and uh, you know they only had 69 rushing yards 44 of those came on one run out of the pocket by Savasir so that's an offense that only put up 25 rush yards besides that one play Uh, They got to do better than that on the ground. Now, obviously, they were without Christian Irwin. Also, Javon Tresero, who's normally the center, was out. They had to move Michael Pugachow over to center. Also, the All-State welder. Just have to throw that in there. Oh, yeah. So there were a couple of pieces missing for both teams. Really, we'll get into the Sequoia side later in the show. Um, But for Cherokee, it was shocking. But the loss wasn't necessarily reflective of the score because two of those scores came off a special teams play by Jackson Hancock, um, which was beyond impressive to me. But for me, I I still like where Cherokee's at moving forward. It just was a little bit surprising to see the outcome. Yeah, I was surprised that they weren't able to run the ball. And like you mentioned, we did talk to Coach Shaw about that, and they are plugging and playing right now with that offensive line, and they've right. got a lot of injuries that, that they're trying to deal with. And and I think some of that showed one thing that uh, doing a little bit of research, you know, uh, while they haven't been able to run the ball as effectively, I think Malachi Eccles has also proven to be a great receiver out of the backfield as well as another weapon you mentioned that 44 yard scamper by Tanner Savas here resulted in a touchdown um so he's a he's a guy that we don't think of a runner first right now Cherokee's averaging about 185 yards through the air per game right only about 86 per game on the ground so uh, I'm sure they'd like to see a little more uh, improvement in that yards per game average uh, offensively, defensively, I thought they did pretty good. You know, we we talk about going back and forth uh, outside of the game at Cartersville, and I know you can't not count special teams touchdowns, but right. you know, you take away the, the the special teams touchdown at Etowah, and that that game is probably a little bit different. And take away the two special teams touchdowns 
on Friday night, last Friday night, and that game might be a little bit different. Unfortunately for for the Warriors, you can't do that, right. and that's the you know catch twenty two, and and that's why you have to be sound in all phases of the game. And I, well, I think the other part of that is that it, those touchdowns and, and things like that happened without Reed Chandley. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't know his injury per exactly, but it's, hopefully he'll be able to come back later in the season because he's a guy that can hit it in the end zone nine out of ten times, if not more than that. So you remove that. You just take that out of the equation. You know, that's something Coach Jolly even said way back on the preseason show was that having a kicker that you know can set it at the 20-yard line every time really is a benefit to them. So hopefully he'll be able to come back and do that because that, that to me, you're right. I mean, you take 21 points off of their – off their season total right now. So uh, I'm with you. I was I was shocked with what Sequoia did. But on the other end, for me, Cherokee had a lot of injuries they were dealing with. The defense was still pretty impressive, though. I mean, Sequoia's offense put up a handful of scores, you know, when they could. And, and we'll talk about the Sequoia end in a minute. But I, I still like where Cherokee's defense is. I think it's one of the better units in Cherokee County right now. I think the team speed that they have is incredible. I think they're very athletic. Uh, it's just putting it all together and making sure that when you get into region play, keep in mind, Cherokee is not in the same region as our other five teams. So when we talk about region play opening up this week, Cherokee not included. Um, but when you move forward, they're going to play a West Forsyth team that's that's 2-2 two and two on the year and has a, a lot of talent on, on their side of the ball included. I think that Cherokee matches up well with them, and I think that Cherokee has the talent to match them. I just need to see them put it all together, and hopefully by the time region play opens, in three weeks for them, as they have back-to-back bye weeks, hopefully they will be able to figure things out. Yeah, well, that's gonna. That's a great question. With the, you know, for one thing, with the back-to-back bye weeks, that the Warriors would be able to get healthy. Right. And I think that's the most important thing going into region play. Uh, you know, it would be great to win some of these other games. I'm sure Cherokee would have enjoyed beating Etowah and Sequoia, but it didn't happen. So. Sure. Instead of looking at three and one, you're one and three, but nothing changes for them really for on the season. And, and as you mentioned, the team coming in here, uh, a Region Six opponent, Cherokee and Region Five, both seven A schools. Mm-hmm. This is a region that will match up. These regions will match up in the first round of the state playoffs this year. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that these teams might see each other, but uh, some other things would have to happen. You know, and and, and for that to work out, but a good, I think it's a good test to see where Cherokee stands yes. and even perhaps where region five stands against region six, uh, you know, West Forsyth, they're a little bit opposite of Cherokee in terms of what they do, uh, with the ball when they have the ball, they're averaging about 180, 182 yards a game on the ground, about 180, 100, excuse me, a hundred yards, uh, through the air. They're big go-to guys running back named Peyton Straco. He's rushed for, just at 600 yards, I think seven TDs. Um, and they've got, in, in the receiving game, they don't pass it as much. Their quarterback, Tomlinson, has thrown it for about 403 yards. They've got a tight end. Now, I don't know if he played last week, but Henry Delp is his name. And if you know that last name, Sounds Delp. Familiar. Yeah, his brother, Oscar, uh, who used the Corky Kell Classic as a springboard for his college recruiting a couple of years ago. Uh, Oscar Delp, now a tight end at University of Georgia. Yeah, he had a couple of plays uh, in the Samford game that they played on Saturday. So that was good to see. It's also fun to see. Uh, we'll talk about David Daniel on the Woodstock segment, but we should give him a shout out here, too. Absolutely. Fun to see him as well. So I know he's the second string safety over there. So he even sees some action. And, you know, we saw him against Oregon, too. Um, but a lot of fun over there. And, and yeah, I want to echo your points about West Forsyth. When we talk about their schedule here, it's it's been uh, 
it's been a slug. I mean, you know, a seven a seven to twenty one win over Archer, and then a uh, four point loss to North Forsyth, and then last week a win against Marietta. That I think, you know, I, I don't really know where Marietta is yet. Don't know what to think about them, but a seven point win against Marietta. Um, I like where Cherokee's at uh, moving forward, and, and I'm with you. You know, the only thing I worry about with that one and three record is if is if the confidence in the locker room is hurt. You know, hopefully it's not because there's nothing to be ashamed of right now. Mm-hmm. And once again, every week that Etowah loss gets better and better and better. So when you're talking about a Cherokee team that's lost to Cartersville, Etowah, and now Sequoia, we'll have to see what Sequoia does with it. I know they're one and three now, and, and you know, the record doesn't reflect that necessarily. And, and we'll talk about that on the Sequoia segment. But I like where Cherokee's at moving forward. I, I just hope that there's not a lot of confidence shaken there. And hopefully against West Forsyth, you know, you mentioned they're a run first team. I don't know. There's a lot of teams that can run for a whole bunch of yards on Cherokee. I think that with their defensive front, we saw Kenyon Hunter and uh, you know JD Byrne and um, you know uh, Javon Hobson and a lot of guys kind of tee up on the Sequoia offense when they once Absolutely. they got them kind of one dimensional. And then you mentioned in you know Kyan Simmons, Chase Montgomery, Daniel Young, uh, Andy Debacher, those those linebackers that come in and fly through those holes right now. I like where Cherokee's at. Not worried about them at all. But with all that being said, I think that everybody has done something to move a step above them as far as the power rankings go. So Cherokee sits at number five. Are you copying off my paper here, Will? I'm not. I use my own mathematical rankings. Okay. All right. Well, Will, I would have to agree with you. Cherokee at number five this week. All right. And, um, you know, I'd, we'll see what happens as the season goes on. They're, they're done with their portion of the Cherokee County schedule. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from here on out, they'll be competing with the big boys in 7A, and we'll see what happens. I I think that, like you said, I think they're in a good spot. I think that defense is a good, in a good spot this week. We'll talk about our predictions on yep. the on the pregame show, 7 o'clock, 101.1 FM, WLJA. You got it. Tri-State Sports Communications, where you can listen live or stream on WLJARadio.com. He plugs it himself now. It's, it, it, took, it took four weeks, but he's figured it out. <laughs> All right, are you ready for trivia? Uh, I, I, uh, yes. All right. So this is a fun question because we didn't mention it on the segment. Okay. Dave Savella is the head coach for West Forsyth. He was also the head coach at Etowah, leaving in 2019. What is Cherokee's record versus Coach Savella? They've played a total of eight games against Coach Savella. Yeah, he's five and three, Will. He's three and five. Oh, wow. So pretty good record against Coach Savella. Yeah, they do, yeah. So... There you go. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to hit a break. When we come out on the other end, we'll talk about the Creekview Grizzlies and their win over North Forsyth. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. At Foundation Financial Insurance and Wealth Management, we believe that your insurance protection and wealth management plan go hand in hand. We start by shopping your insurance with highly rated companies to find you the best combination of price and protection. With that plan in place, we can then work with you to develop a tailored financial plan. Whether you need to save money on insurance or you need a full financial plan, call us at 678-880-9571 or come by 250 East Main Street, Suite 104 in Canton for a no-obligation consultation today. Securities and advisory services offer Packerland Broker Services Incorporated, unaffiliated entity, member FINRA and SIPC. With more than 35 years of courtroom experience, the attorneys at the Heller Law Firm are known as the go-to team for important legal issues in Northwest Georgia. If you or a loved one needs help with a criminal charge, overwhelming debt, divorce, or moving forward after a serious accident, call the Heller Law Firm today at 770-345-1130 for a free confidential consultation. And as always, play hard and have fun. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. 
We're getting ready to talk about some Creekview Grizzly football, and man, oh man, what a change a couple of weeks can make as the Creekview Grizzlies claim their first victory over the North Forsyth Raiders, a 35-7 win for the Grizzlies, and how nice was it to see Creekview come apart and really start to put together a complete game? Yeah, it was a completely different team than what we were used to seeing. We were checking scores on Friday night, and we saw 7-0, and then we saw 14 and, and 21, and we thought, wait a minute, did uh, – you know what what happened over the we saw improvement when we were there uh at that Calhoun game but mm -hmm. it looks like a lot of things came together for them and it was different different guys getting in the in the act on Friday night so uh kudos to Creekview man that's a that's a a very good win and I, and look will we'll, we might talk about this a little bit later but they came home and they were able to score some points yeah and i i think that's the biggest difference for them is that you know the first two weeks they went on the road Zero week one, six week two, came home, played Calhoun, very tough, put up 21. Then they put up 35 against North Forsyth. So that is and continued to improve week over week. And that's been the only ask that we have is, you know, with all these Cherokee County teams is that it doesn't matter who you are week one. It matters who you are to start a region play. So now that we're getting ready to talk about region six, six, a for the rest of the show, it's where it matters. And for me, Creekview's in a good spot. And I, I don't want to just gloss over what they did last week, but when you turn the page and look at this week, they're playing an Alatuna team that is almost the exact same yeah. story. Alatuna, yeah. another team that's historically great, started out the season 0-3, and then last week had a coming-out party with a win over Hillgrove 31-9. So I know that there have been a lot of concerns for both these teams. Look like they both started to put things together offensively and defensively, and looking forward to that matchup. But going back to North Forsyth for a minute, really liked a, a couple of things. So, you know, one thing we talked about was Hubert still getting the loads of the carry there, right. two touchdowns. Uh, Austin Guest, though, super efficient. 16 out of 24, 270 yards, two passing touchdowns, and then a rushing touchdown to boot. For me, he's got to be the offensive driver, and it looks like he's owned that role. And once again, when Hubert's your running back, you got to put so many guys in the box to prevent him from doing that. And now Creekview has shown everybody in the region that they have the ability to go over your head and take the head off your defense. So now it's really kind of a pick your poison at this point. It's going to be up to Creekview to continue to execute that. Yeah, it certainly is. You mentioned guests completing 75% of his passes last week on the season. Now he's got 703 total yards, uh, four touchdowns, and Hubert going over the century mark last week, 110 yards, a couple of scores. So he's uh, certainly leading the team and rushing. But you talked about those receivers. I'll just mention three here, Cal Schubert, uh, Michael Roach, and Camden Lusk, uh, guys that are show, showing up, catching the football. And so that that really helps. And as, as that young quarterback guest kind of figures out, uh, gets on the same page as those receivers, and – He's got the ability to scramble, too, and he's a pretty fast little jitterbug when he gets outside of the pocket. Also not afraid to put that shoulder down and deliver a blow as well. So it, it looks like Creekview has got something working here. And then the defense, we've seen them improve week to week to week. And and this was a, what we thought was a pretty good win for, for Creekview because this is a North Forsyth team they beat that was coming off of a big win over their county rival, West Forsyth, right. in a, a come-from-behind 28-24 victory. And they really stymied the Raiders this week. They've got to turn around and face the Buccaneers, who a team, like you said, is a mirror image, who, who seem to have some struggles 
early on in the season scoring. And then last week, they break out for 31 points in a, a game that was relatively close. You know, their running back, Jaden Ponder, went for 100, you know, buck 75, buck 80 on the ground last week and a couple of scores, a couple of long scores uh, from 80 yards out and I think 40 yards out. So he's a guy, he's a guy that has, you know, game breaking speed that will be certainly interesting to watch this week. Yeah, and I think the difference for me is that Creepy's going to be at home again. Yeah. So three oh, straight yeah. home games for them, and, and we've seen how much better they play at home. Now, hopefully that has more to do with the team improvement, just being the fact that it was week three, week four, and week sure. five, more than hopefully that it's actually the home field advantage, because mm-hmm. you would like them to be able on the road and continue this, because they're going to have to win some road games in there. But, you know, when when you break down Alatuna's schedule, you know, a 13-35 to 35 loss against North Paulding to start, and then a 9-21 to 21 loss against Kell kind of mirrors that Hillgrove loss to me where the defense started getting there, but the offense right. was still struggling. Right. And then, once again, this was a Creekview team that lost 26-21 to 21 against Calhoun. In that same week, Alatuna lost 28-20 to 20 against Cartersville. So there are two teams that were playing the same region, both city schools, both Northwest Georgia powers, and they both took them down to the wire there and really kind of put up a good game. And then you mentioned the Hillgrove game at the end of that. So uh, we talked about it off air. I think, I think it's worth mentioning here. This is probably going to be one of the most important games that Creekview is going to play all year because we think that Alatuna and Creekview are about as evenly matched to programs and teams heading into this. And I'll speak for myself as, as we've seen coming into a matchup to open up region. And I think that if Creekview wins, they've put themselves in position to get into the playoffs for sure, but possibly even contend for a home playoff game if they continue to show improvement. Now, I know that Alatu or excuse me, the Etowah and Sequoia and River Ridge would have something to say about that. We'll Certainly. talk about them later. Um, but I, I do like where Creekview's at heading into this game. I like the fact they're at home. I think that benefits them a huge amount. Alatuna, not that far of a drive from Ackworth. I know Alatuna will travel very well as well. Uh, but with all that being said, Creekview at number four in my power ranking, so moved up a spot. Moved up a spot. And I should mention, for anybody who's wondering, since this is a mathematical rating, okay. power ranking, they were .05, so half a point, less than what or well even less than a half 0.05 uh but they were that far removed from river ridge okay so creepy's right there with river ridge mathematically okay so creepy's number four in your poll correct what you're telling yep. me okay mm-hmm. look before we get into where i think creepy is just a couple of more stats on alatuna okay we talked about Jaden ponder they're averaging alatuna's averaging about 159.5 yards on the ground 89.8 yards through the air their opponents have a combined record of 12 and 4. So yeah. they are playing a very tough schedule, Will. One thing I thought was interesting, they're also, you know, points per game, Creek is at 15 and a half, Alatuna is right at 18. So these two teams, you know, it, it, I, I got a feeling that the team that gets to 21 points is the one that's going to win this ballgame because these defenses are pretty good. You, t- you, you talk about, uh, we talk about Isaac Hubert uh, for, for Creekview. Alatuna's got a, a couple of guys, uh, Vinny Canosa, uh, and also uh, I'm going to butcher this last this last name, but uh, but Ezra Odenjor nine eight, I'm sorry eight sacks already this season. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with for the Grizzlies' offensive line. Here's one stat though that I think might help Creepview. Alatuna has turned the ball over nine yeah. times this season. All right, that's a lot, and they've only forced three. 
turnovers. So I, I wonder how well Crete will be at takeaways. They, they forced, the Grizzlies have forced five turnovers this season. Alatuna's given the, the ball away nine times. Beautiful weather we're anticipating on Friday yeah. night, so that won't be an issue. Alatuna quarterbacks are really, are, are kind of the guilty party here uh, with a few interceptions between a couple of quarterbacks they run there. But that's kind of going to be the key for me. One, can can you protect your young quarterback and guest from this <laughs> defensive lineman who's got eight sacks, which is mm-hmm. nuts, four games into the season? Uh, and, and then can you force some turnovers? And then contain Jaden Ponder. I think that's a big thing. And then vice versa, can Alatuna contain Isaac Hubert and then slow that down and, and find a way to run the football? Yeah, I think the difference for me is, is that um, – it's very hard for a team to come into Owen Store Road and out physical a Creekview team. Yeah. Which is going to be the requirement for Alatuna because they don't have, from what I've seen, maybe this is, maybe we sit here two weeks from now and say they threw for 300 <laughs> yards. But from what I've seen, Alatuna does not have the talent downfield nor the quarterback play to take the head off an offense. So Creekview to me, going to put eight guys in the box and say, hey, Throw it over my head. See what happens. Sure. And, and once again, it's going to be really hard to bully a Creekview defense around. I just, I just don't see Jaden Ponder running for 185 yards. I, I just can't see it happening. Now, the flip side of that is Alatuna is equally as physical on offense and defense. Uh, and the defensive side for Creekview, they got, they're going to have to find a way to establish the running game with Hubert, and it's going to be a huge challenge for them too. But if they are able to do it, I think they are able to have the play-action passing game we've seen against Calhoun and then this past week against North Forsyth. I think they have the ability to be the difference there. I think that's going to be the difference is that if Alatuna can come out and throw for 200 yards, that that would be enough. If they can find a way to do that with a home run ball here and there, then Alatuna is probably in a pretty good position. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Creekview. If Creekview throws for 250, the the predicate to that is, though, they're going to have to run for – 75, I would say, is probably a good mark. You can't run your head into a brick wall there against that Alatuna front. But I will say, for anybody who's thinking about, you know, where they want to go this Friday, what game they want to check out, great weather all around the county. But that Creekview-Alatuna game is going to be as old-fashioned football as you're going to see with a couple of teams that run full house, eye formation, 4-2, 3-4 defense. I mean, it's going to be some old-style ground-and-pound football over there at Owen Store. Two very physical football teams. Coach Varner has spent his entire coaching career at Alatuna. Let him know a state title right? Uh, at, at one point, and they, they are physical. Creekview's only won one game in this series, Will. This is an old region rival. They're, yep. they're reunited again. It's good. It should be a dandy. And and the way I look at this region, you've got five teams in you know the the in my purview. That like you said, some other teams might say, "Hey, sure. we, we have a shot." The way I look at it, you've got five teams competing for four spots, yep. and these are two of those five teams. This is a must win for both teams. It really establishes you and your position and seating, and it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off in the first in in week one. You know, you go in 0-1, that's for any team. But if you beat a team that you think is going to also be in the playoffs, it's it's huge for both teams. So back up. You said five teams vying for four playoff spots. Yeah. You're, oh, not, yeah. Gonna, you're not marking that up to six. No, I'm not. Hmm. I got, I'm yeah. not going to tell you what five. Yeah, no. I just, but I'm going to tell, gonna tell are, you what six. Okay. Hmm. These okay. are two of the five. Well, I, one, one last thing I do want to go me, over. Let yeah, me yeah, go, go ahead. ahead and give you my ranking. Yeah. I've, I've got the Creek Grizzlies back up at number three this week. Okay. Hey, 
I don't hate it. Like I said, they were less than a point behind River Ridge okay. moving into the number okay. three spot. So don't mind that at all. Uh, I do want to talk about their um, offensive performance. Okay. So against Cambridge, their offense underperformed by 32.7 points. Against uh, Hillgrove, their offense underperformed by 31.7 points. Against Calhoun, their offense underperformed by eight points. Against North Forsyth, their offense overperformed by 14.3. If you see, there's a trend in the right direction mm-hmm. there. So hopefully that continues as well. Um, and then turn the corner. Uh, against Cambridge, their defense overperformed by three. Against Hillgrove, their defense overperformed by 4.7. Against Calhoun, their defense overperformed by five. Against North Forsyth, their defense overperformed by 23. So things are clicking for the okay. Grizzlies there in the in the mathematical ranking, and that's why they're they're starting to jump a few teams that would not be there. And once again... The fact they're adding some of these talented teams are helping their strength of schedule on the back end as well. Absolutely. Hey, while we're talking about it, while you pull up the trivia question yeah. here, Will, just want to give a shout-out to Cole Sackman. Got an offer from Reinhardt, uh, I think, uh, as we were talking a little bit earlier yep. uh, in, in the week. And uh, congratulations to that young man. Featured in our Enjoy Cherokee Magazine Absolutely. Football Fridays edition. All right, trivia time. Creeview's lost to Alatoona three times. Who are the only two teams that Creekview has lost to more than three times in program history? Good luck. And there's only two teams? Yep. They've lost more than three times. Yep. Meaning three or more. Yeah, uh, not three or more. More, more than, than three. three. Yeah. So, so that, at least That would four. eliminate Sequoia. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's Sequoia's kind of a jab, a wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Harrison is one of them. Nope. Wow. They were two they were and two, two against, against Harrison. Harrison then. Yep. Okay. One of those games was uh, Justin Fields year in 2017 but he sat out okay because they had already claimed the region title okay creepy did win that game this is this is a this is a good trivia question i have to go back and think about the opponents uh so blessed trinity would be one of them that is correct they're zero and four against blessed Trinity. Yeah, they are i do know that much you're on the right track keep going and then um let's see who else is in that north fulton kind of area that they would have played Let's see. Not the right track there. Uh-oh. You were right in the region. Go back to the region. Okay. I mean, if we're talking about that region that Blessed Trinity is in now, that's all... No, not their region. Oh, okay. Come back I'm, to... I'm talking about Creekview Historical. They play, you know, Blessed Trinity right. four times. You talked about Alatoona three right. times. You brought up Harrison, the Bermuda Triangle of North Georgia. Yeah, okay. Hang on one second. I'm getting there. When I tell you, you're going to be mad. Well, I know it's not South Cobb. No. Osborne or Sprayberry. No, go back further. They had they have had to at least play four times. Right. So think about it. They, I'll, I'll throw you this. They played six times. This team they've lost to, they've played six times. They're one and five against them. I mean, West Forsyth? Dalton. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. The Bermuda yeah. Triangle in North Georgia. There's oh no gosh. way to get to Dalton, no way to get out. I should have known that. I didn't, you know, God bless it. I do have somewhat of a disdain for Dalton High School. Just the travel. No, <laughs> no, no. It's the officiating up there for me. Uh, air your grievances at the door, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Nothing against uh, the fine folks up there in the uh, carpet capital of the of how about America. J- how about Jameer Gibbs? 
on Saturday. Well, he was a feature player for the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. How yeah. about Alabama having a little trouble? I'd rather not talk with about Aggie it. Land. We'll talk or about not Aggie later. Land. I'm sorry. How about no, Aggie? Yeah. Let's talk about Aggie Land. Let's let's do. Hey, Adonis Garcia is in a good spot as he heads to App State. There you go. Yeah. They ought to be giving those coaches in the uh, Sunbelt Conference Sunbelt. all get, all get mm-hmm. raised. Georgia they... Southern beat uh, Nebraska, yeah. App State over uh, Texas A&M, A&M at Texas A&M and Georgia Southern at uh, Nebraska. And then what was the third one? There was another Sunbelt that beat. Um... Uh, it's going to escape me now, but yes. I, I, I was probably reveling too much in Texas A&M's loss because my – college football that my rooting interest plays in Miami, this week yeah. yes and so i'm hoping i know this sounds weird will i, mean, I know we got to wrap this up but i'm hoping that app state beats texas a&m twice and what i mean by that is i hope there's a typically what happens is you get an angry team uh, okay we'll see is it at miami or at a&m it's at a&m mm. maybe it'll hurt the crowd Maybe that 12th man will get taken out a little bit. The 12th man. That's annoying, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Sorry uh, to any a and Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow. All right, well, let's wrap this up. We'll move on. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll talk about the Etowah Eagles on the other side of this break. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. At Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Canton, we thank you for the privilege of selling cars and trucks in North Georgia. And that's why we make it our mission to give back to our community. I'm David Booth, General Manager, and during the past few years, we've raised over a million dollars for the Cherokee County School System through our Wrangler Raffle, plus sponsoring a special award for our Teacher and Coach of the Year. Yes, we want to sell you a vehicle, but when you do buy from us, know that we're giving back to our community. Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Liberty Boulevard at I-5. 75 Canton. Welcome back to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Talking now about the Etowah Eagles, who are 4-0 for the first time since 2014. A lot of excitement over at Eagle Mountain, as there should be, as Etowah beat Centennial 28-21. And, you know, Art, we were talking off air, and, and uh, Mahoney continues to be one of the most impressive players. He was completely off the radar until he was brought up by Coach Kemper on our preseason show. And I think even we were kind of like, okay, you know, splitting duty with with uh, Jack Strickland. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. We'll see him here and there. Uh, but since you know we Strickland was injured in the Cherokee game, uh, moving forward, it's been the Mahoney show. But to me, they have shown the ability to change up. So Centennial devoted themselves to stopping Mahoney. He still ran for 105 yards. Let's get that straight off. But when we talk about the Buffalo, Reese Weir, it's been a couple weeks since we mentioned him. But 24 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Maybe even a couple there. I may have that wrong. I think it's a couple. I think he had two. Yeah, yeah I think two, he had two touchdowns. Week, yeah. um, to me, they have the perfect one-two punch. Anything that you're going to try and stop, they're going to have a counter to it. So you're going to try and stop Mahoney outside. They're going to run the Buffalo right up the gut. You're going to stop the Buffalo up the gut. They're going to run Mahoney outside. And they only passed for 89 yards uh, through the air, but they really didn't need more than that, in my opinion. I think they're doing enough to keep 
people honest. I think they're doing enough to, to keep things rotational and fresh. Uh, so I like where Etowah's at. Thought the win was, uh, in, you know, maybe not as impressive as some of the other wins. You know, I know Etowah has not played as tough of a schedule as Sequoia and uh, Creekview and, and Cherokee, and you could make the argument for River Ridge at this point. Um, but I like where they're at. 4-0, and you can't fake 4-0. and doesn't matter who you play. There's, there's no way to fake 4-0, and especially for a team that won two games over the last two years. So Etowah to me in the catbird seat moving forward. Uh, going to be a fun one as they're going to face Sequoia this week. Yeah, Etowah getting the job done on the road, uh, having a, uh, a kind of a seesaw back and forth affair a little bit over there at Centennial. We yeah. knew uh, coming in that that was going to be a tough offensive uh, line to, to for the Etowah defense to kind of figure out. And they've got some experience. We talked about it last week in the podcast, and it looks like – we kind of knew what we were talking about, Will. Seems, yeah, seems like mean, we may be figuring things out. <laughs> but you mentioned I, we could beat a dead horse here, but uh, one of the, mo- the, the more exciting players in the county this, to this point this year has been uh, a guy they call Exy over there at Eagle Mountain, uh, uh, Xavier Mahoney, and again just continues to impress in every phase of the game and his growth. And again, just a sophomore. And you talk about it, a one-two punch – Okay, so so maybe we call him a dual threat quarterback, um, but you got two guys that are running over for over a hundred yards. So you're getting two hundred yards on the ground back to back weeks, and 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 maybe going forward we could be looking for more for this and and such dynamic players. Man, I I, I think that the future is 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 now yeah. for for Etowah, and and they're doing a great job. And not to mention a defense that's doing, you know, doing their job and getting you know doing enough to. Keep you know in the Cherokee game, keep them in the ball game, and even in this game against Centennial last week, only allowing twenty one points, uh, getting the job done. So that's that's very impressive. And Etowah, Will, that's a team that's averaging twenty nine points a game now, right at twenty nine point seven. You know, they're almost at their average last week, yep. so they're they're almost true to form. And, and that defense is allowing under twenty points a game. Uh, that's a pretty good recipe for for success week in and week out. Yeah, and, and you know, for my ratings, I I use. Um, Regulation only, so we, okay. we count the Creek View or the Cherokee Etowah overtime at seventeen seventeen. So I have them at twenty six point uh, twenty six and a quarter points, and then sixteen and a half points for offense and defense respectively. And to me, it continues. You know, I know last week we were talking about they were overperforming by four point five points on offense, and then four point five points on defense. That has shifted a little bit, but the metric hasn't. So they're overperforming by 2.95 on offense and seven point nine on defense. So they've actually kind of gain just a little bit, but they're still right at that nine point mark for me. And and it, it continues. And I think that's that's the point is that they they can pick themselves up defensively or offensively right now. And and to me, Etowah is extremely dangerous. And you know, one guy one thing we don't talk about enough is the wide receiving core mm-hmm. that keeps those defenses honest because anytime that you're gonna ha- anchor down on those guys, when we talk about the Buffalo and we talk about Mahoney, any of those guys that you're gonna you know, try and clasp around you. Like we talked about cornerback blitzes was one of the things we discussed. Right. They have so many good wide receivers right now that are young and sophomores that I, I just don't see a way that you can out scheme an Etowah offense right now. Now, of course there's a reason I'm on the podcast talking about it and not actually in a <laughs> locker room building a plan. Uh, but Etowah is extremely dangerous right now on offense. And, and I, I feel really good about where Etowah is at. Um, we mentioned they're going to play against Sequoia, a Sequoia team that I think has figured things out now, riding a high, coming off of a 16-point victory over Cherokee, coming out of Tommy Baker. We'll talk about them in a couple of segments. Um, so they're going to face a team that is 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 hungry. 
I mean, Sequoia is hungry to prove that that 0-3 start was really a, a, a reflection of their schedule more than a reflection of themselves. Sure. Um, but to, to keep the focus on Etowah, I mean, uh, my mathematical rating likes them by quite a bit. Um, there's a little bit more parity to start the season. Uh, Etowah would be a three-point favorite over River Ridge right now. Um, so that's why they're number one for me. Okay. Well, I've got them at number one because they're undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the in the. Where'd county. you have them last week? They were number two. Hmm. They were at three and zero with mm-hmm. with River Ridge. Yeah, sure. And that, yeah, yeah. And I think that that mm-hmm. game, you know, you won't let me pick ties, but I think no. if if River Ridge and Etowah were playing uh, on Friday night, I think it's a a pick 'em in my opinion. Yeah, and 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 my predictor. I mean, look through through. Four games. I mean, a three-point margin is not much. Sure. So, and it, it, I think that pretty much agrees. And there's actually a lot of parity within the power rankings. We'll talk about it later. But when you talk about uh, Edwatt number one being a three-point favorite over River Ridge, you know, River Ridge would be a. a we talked about it just a segment ago. 0.5 favorite over Creekview. Um, tons of minutiae details in there that that can kind of balance where things are. We'll get to River Ridge. And we'll Creek. get to we'll it. Get to, we'll get to them eventually. Yeah. But uh, let's let's keep the focus here on Etowah. Uh, will their opponents combined record five and eight? Yep. Okay. So they're they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Um, I I don't really know how how much I like their strength of schedule. It's the if second I, weakest in Cherokee. Okay, right but now. that's but again, you have to you have to win those games, right? You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And Etowah in their non-region. Um, schedule has done that and again kudos to them and kudos to those young players who are getting the job done i think they're starting to believe they'll like you mentioned as you started to lead into they'll face a sequoia team who looked like on friday night we were able to see they look like they started to believe some things will yeah and you know uh, sequoia comes in we talked about that one and three record you know losses to lambert raven gap that raven gap loss i, I know Dave Garner and he agree he disagrees with you and I on this, but every week that Raven Gap loss continues to look better and better as Raven Gap proves they're a complete yeah, team. They're three and one now. And then Cedartown went over and beat Calhoun in Calhoun's homecoming game, proving that their strength of schedule really is tougher than Creekviews. I'm sorry, Grizzly fans, but Cedartown has the head to head over Calhoun. Calhoun beat Creekview. And Cedartown beat Sequoia in the strength of schedule ratings. That puts Sequoia ahead of Creekview. Now, I know that the margins of loss were a little different, but it doesn't matter on the strength of schedule point. Um, so, to me, they've played three super quality teams, and then they went into Tommy Baker and played a Cherokee team that Cherokee is a is still a very solid team. The Defensively, they're, they're fantastic. Um, and it, I, to me, it, it falls a lot on on what Sequoia is doing. But when you talk about Etowah in this matchup, to me, it's it's going to have to be the defense is going to have to be shored up. Um, I, I don't have any concern about their offense in this game. I, I think Etowah meeting, you know, we were talking about their average points right now that that twenty six and a half mark they're they're hitting. I see them hitting that twenty one, twenty eight, twenty four somewhere in there. I don't see them getting much higher than that. Maybe. 35, I, I guess, if it got into something kind of crazy. Um, but I don't see them putting up 42, 45, 49 points against Sequoia. The question is defense, because they're not going to face a team like Sequoia offensively. Sure. And and we talked, you know, we had an opportunity to talk to Coach Shaw last week about the difficulties with facing Sequoia, who is wing T, but they've also implemented the I formation, and they've also implemented the shotgun. So they're pro-style multiple with a wing T base. So good luck with figuring that out. So you're going to have to teach the kids eye discipline, and this is a young defense that is still figuring things out. To me, the key to this game for Etowah is playing four quarters. 
To me, they played four quarters against Forsyth Central. They played four quarters against Centennial. They have ironed out that little wrinkle they had where the first two quarters were not very impressive. They're going to have to continue that metric as they move into this game against Sequoia. And uh, it, they do have a benefit. I think Edouard plays better at home. The, the record shows that at least. And uh, they will play Sequoia at Eagle Mountain. So hopefully that will benefit the Eagles moving forward. Yeah, it certainly does help playing at home. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, one of the big concerns I have is, like you said, is is defensively you don't see a team like the wing T week in and week out. And, and how do you prepare for that? I don't know. Pretty uh, much scout team practice. Right. And, I mean, and, and, and you've got, what, three and a half days of that? Yeah, and I mean, the, the difficult part about the wing T is from the coaches that I've spoken to is that it's such assignment football. And Sequoia has another wrinkle in their offense where on when we watched them play Cherokee, their plays took like five seconds to develop. I mean, yeah. it was like the most misdirection I've ever seen Sequoia run because typically in the wing T, fullback dive, pull it, and it's a pitch play, right? That's, that's the design, or right. it's a fullback trap, you know, which is just a direct handoff. They have misdirections with the fake bootleg, with the fake tight end sweep. With I mean, they had like tons of things built in. So, good luck on that end. Um, <laughs> now, now Etowah has a great coaching staff. Don't get me wrong; I think they're going to be well prepared for it. Um, but this is these are a couple teams that actually don't play that often. Sequoia and Etowah. We'll get into the trivia question. It'll actually ruin this if I say it. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. Um, they don't play that often. Right. Let's just put right. it like that. So, you know, it's not going to be like Creekview, Sequoia, Riverage, Sequoia, where, you know, the coaching staffs are familiar with each other, see the wing tee. I, I don't know the last time Etowah's played a wing tee team, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's probably been since they played Sequoia last. I would say so, probably. It's not, not, that, not that common anymore. Sure. Um, but, you know, Etowah, to me, they have the Jimmies and the Joes. They have the talent to do it. Um, and when you talk about the X's and the O's, the talent can make up for a good bit of that. And to me... I think Coach Kemper has proved that he's one of the best at halftime adjustments. Mm-hmm. He's right up there with Coach Collins and, and Coach Williams uh, far as far as those halftime adjustments. So uh, I don't really worry about him being outcoached. I know Coach Teeter's been doing it a long time, and he's very good at what he does. Um, but Coach Kemper could say the exact same thing. He's been around for a while. Um, so I don't really know what to think about this game, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to seeing where it is, and I'm so glad that it's region play because these games finally have a little bit more grit to them. But Etowah looks like looks really good right now. I tell you what, uh, the one thing you have to remember about Sequoia is they have Jackson Hancock, who's also on the cover of the enjoy this and edition our of Shuttenkirk Chrysler Dodge Brand Player he, of the Game. Yes, he was man, and he put on a show on Friday night. I mean, we t- if you if you didn't listen to the broadcast or if you've been living under a rock, you know our Come apologies, on, <laughs> our apologies for that. Uh, Hancock uh, block. Uh, taking back a block, a block field goal for a touchdown, returning a kickoff for a touchdown, and then Will, you know, taking a screen pass about 65 or so yards. And, um, and to me, that doesn't even answer the the hidden yardage of the fact that every time he's in the backfield, you know they're dedicating a couple of guys to him. That right. opens up the offense for other right. things. And we'll talk about some of those guys in the Sequoia segment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Etowah's in a, in a good spot, getting back to them and closing them out. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if they can keep it going as region play opens up. We got a young team um, who's kind of in uncharted territory, and that's probably a good thing. They just they don't know that they're not supposed to be that good, right? And they're that good. Yeah, <laughs> young teams aren't typically that good, but right. hopefully, hopefully that they don't know that. Right, and that's a good thing, right? Because they, they're rolling right along. Right. Um, you ready for the trivia? Let's do Etowah trivia. All right. This one is a is a booger bear. Uh-oh. All right. 
Coach Kemper has only faced Sequoia and Coach Teeter once in his career. When was that? This one maybe. 2011. Close. So close. 2013. Pope versus Sequoia. Sequoia won the game uh, 53 to 21. Okay. Good job. Good effort. I mean, did you know if he was at Pope when they played? Was that what you were going I was, off of? I was. It, I knew it wasn't Etowah, so I was yeah. thinking, and I didn't think it was Roswell, but yeah. I, I couldn't remember exactly where it was before. So if you would have told, asked me the team, the name of the team, I would have been, I would have shot an air ball on that one. Yeah, it was, it was Pope. So yeah, and I'm over. It's these are some tough trivia questions. <laughs> I had to dig deep on some of these. So, but all right, well, let's hit a break. When we come out on the other end, we will talk about the next team on the list. That is the Sequoia Chiefs, as they claim their first victory of the year. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. At Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, we don't have locations across the country. Our stores are right here in Georgia. Our customers aren't numbers, they're neighbors. Your kids probably go to school with our kids. And chances are, your furniture is our furniture. So the next time you're thinking new living room, dining room, bedroom, or new mattress, think Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, Georgia's furniture and mattress superstore. For nearly 30 years, locally owned, Georgia grown. Welcome back to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Thank you all for being with us. We're ready to talk some Chiefs football as they had their first victory of the year and now are one and three. A very impressive win against Cherokee. Of course, we should note uh, Jackson Hancock, our shot and Kirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram player of the game, had a kickoff return for a touchdown, also a blocked field goal that he returned for a touchdown, as well as really anchoring the offense and the defense. He plays both ways at safety and at tailback for them. So a true utility athlete. And uh, I know that he's a young guy, just a junior now, but really should start opening up some recruiting here. I mean, you know, he's got the size, he's got the speed, got the talent. Um, but up, once again, moving back, impressive win against Cherokee. Um, I think a lot of it had to do more with the special teams than mm-hmm. anything. Um, their offense wasn't overly impressive. 147 rushing yards, which is is good for a wing T team. That's what their bread and butter is. 56 passing yards, so not a ton, but enough to keep him honest. And then you add in Colby Martin, the freshman quarterback who took over the game and uh, has has kind of solidified himself as that guy. I don't know if Jackson Nesbitt, what his injury status would be and, sure. and where he would end up on that list. Um, but with all that being said, like where Sequoia is at, liked the win, thought it maybe justified their 0-3 record and, and showing that it was more of the competition they played more than themselves. Uh, just need to keep that momentum moving forward. Yeah, Sequoia, in my opinion, the toughest um, strength of schedule. Their opponents yeah. are, are have a combined record of eleven and four. Yeah, uh, you know, so that's something to be said about that. We talk about you know off air. We talked about that Cedar Town uh, team, game. Cedar Town Calhoun game, and 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 where Cedar Town stands kind of within the state, uh, not just in Class Four A. So yeah, uh, Sequoia doing a great job, and again, you mentioned special teams, and that offense is is we've seen where it really benefits Sequoia if they get ahead 
and when they get ahead, they can really frustrate teams. And and late in that second half, you start to to lose some of that eye discipline and, and get a little frustrated with some of that a lot of the motion of that wing T offense. And then they're finally able to get off chunk yards. You know, early going, we saw it was tough for Tyler Bell and Chamanda and um, those guys to get going. And then in the second half. You know, when they're playing with the short field, you really have an opportunity to to mix them things up. And like you said, oh, throw in Jackson Head uh, from uh, wow, throw in Jackson Hancock from time to time, and man, that that just creates a very difficult matchup. And it did for the Warriors on Friday night. Yeah, and Alex Conti at wide receiver. You know, Massey kind of seemed like he was playing more defensive back than than wide receiver last week. We'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, and then a couple of guys, Ian Mara who is playing tight end along with Ty Moores, who are also playing defensive end. So they're playing on both sides of the ball as well. Um, And then Salazar was a guy that came in. Javon Salazar was a guy who I, I didn't, I didn't have him on my radar at all. He was Being on the honest, roster, but he, he was, was not on the on roster, TV. but not on the radar. <laughs> no. um, so it was good to see, you know, they, they mix it up. They have a lot of different guys that can do it. Tyler Bell, Jackson Hancock, Salazar, Cruz Wright. Um, you know, we were talking about all of those guys just now. They're very difficult to defend because personnel groupings, you can't eliminate one guy, mm-hmm. um, and, and that benefits them a ton. You know, my question for them is moving forward is, you know, we saw Colby Martin manage the game. Can they continue to stay ahead of the sticks? Can they continue to control the pace of the game? Because if they can, then that's that's what Sequoia football is. It's what it always has been. Is We, we dictate what we do, and you have to bend to our will. And if they're able to do that, I have I really like where Sequoia is moving forward. Once again, that one and three record doesn't mean anything starting this week. The only thing it means is what the effect has had on your locker room. Sure. Pass as far as you know what actually matters when it comes to playoff time, doesn't matter if you win your next five, six games. I don't care. You know, go seven and three, make the playoffs. And nobody's gonna care once you're the one seed about that seven and three record. Right. Now I know that's a long way off and that's a big ask, but it's just, you know, being real. It's just what what it would be. So, you know, we talked about Etowa in the last segment, it's who they're gonna face. Etowa, very good team. You know, we talk about with Mahoney at quarterback. We talk about the Buffalo and Reese Weir at running back. We talk about those wide receivers. We talk about that big offensive line that Etowa is anchored behind. And then that defense that collectively is a very strong unit. They're really gonna put Sequoia through their paces. I think you know, we just got done talking about how Creekview Alatuna may be the most important game for playoff seating. I think this is going to be the second most important game for playoff seating because if Sequoia comes out here with a win, and I think it's in the realm of possibility that can definitely happen, what would that mean for, for an Etowah team that, that hasn't faced the adversity of losing yet? You know, what would that do to their confidence? Hopefully it wouldn't shake them too much. But Sequoia, on the other hand, at 2-3, and three, moving into that 1-0 and o slot, that'd be huge for them. So... I, I don't really know what to make of this game. Kind of up in the air. I think it. I think it, fundamentally it comes down to the assignment football. We you talked about the eye discipline and kind of getting that fatigue at the end of a, a long game against those wing T guys. I I still think that holds true here. Hopefully they can find a way to do that. And uh, you know Sequoia to me is going to have to find a way to put it all together. But they did enough in the power rankings. I'm going to keep them at three. All right. Keeping Sequoia at three. One thing you mentioned, you did mention Moores and, and Mara, and, and I just want to talk about how disruptive those guys were. I was very impressed uh, with how, on the defensive side sure. of the ball how disruptive they were to the uh, the Cherokee offense. <clears throat> well, I I like what I saw out of Sequoia. I think in this game this week they're going to need another one, maybe two special teams. 
uh, uh, plays to, to really to flip this thing against an explosive Etowah offense. This is a Sequoia offense. Even with the 30-point outburst last week, they're only averaging 18 points a game, still allowing 32 points a game. Etowah's a team that's averaging, and you know the, where I have them right at 30 points a game. So Sequoia's going to, in my opinion, they're going to have to, to overperform this week defensively uh, based on what they have done historically to keep them into the game. And I think that that secondary, uh, if they can get Brett and Darling back, you know, we, he didn't play last week. He, um, don't know where he stands. The secondary looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the replacements looked pretty good last week. If they can get a starter back, uh, I think that just bolsters that, that secondary back there. And those two defensive ends, they can re- continue to wreak havoc. We could have a dandy of a ball game on our hands. Sequoia, number four this week in my power poll. Don't blame me at number four. It's, it's once again, the gap is tight. Everybody from one to four is a three-point separation outside of Riverage and Creekview being that less than a point separation. So right now there's, there's you know, just a handful of, of points separating everybody. Um, Want to talk about Sequoia for a minute. Oh, their offense overperforming by 1.9 points. Their defense overperforming by 2.4. So they're actually overperforming on the season now after that win against uh, Cherokee where they're – uh, offense overperformed by 10.7, and their defense overperformed by three. So, you know, hats off to them. They found a way to turn it around. Uh, the crooked number there is still the, you know, 18 points per game versus the 29.5 allowed. Now that is regulation number, so it doesn't include the touchdown that mm-hmm. Raven Gap got late. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that's, you know, that's a 10, 11-point swing for them that they're going to have to overcome at some point. But I'm with you. I, I like where Sequoia is at. I agree with you. Four, three, somewhere in there is about right. I think they're comparable to Creekview at this point. Um, I think I don't think they're Riverage level yet. I think they're hanging in there. Um, wouldn't be that big of an underdog against a Riverage or an Etowah. And I mean, even you know, this week moving forward, I, I once again, if we if we sit here on Saturday and Sequoia beat Etowah, it's not going to be one of those games where you go, oh, really? Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I could definitely see it. Um, it's just that. The one in three record, I know for a lot of people, it's going to discredit them. I just don't buy into that fodder right now because of the the teams they've played. Sure, that's a great point. And uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll leave the talking till Friday yes. when they play the game. And let's talk about some trivia here. Let's Will. get into the trivia question. This may be this is going to either be the easiest question for you or the hardest <laughs> of the week. Sequoia last played Etowah in 2015, ending the longest drought amongst intercounty teams playing. What two Cherokee County teams have never played each other? What two Cherokee County teams have never, never played, played each, each other, other in a regular season game? Correct. It's going to be River Ridge and Cherokee. You are correct. Good job. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I was like, because when I, when I made the question, I thought, I don't actually know the answer. When I looked into it, it was like, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they have, they scrimmage. Scrimmage. Uh, last in two spring years. and and in I fall. think fall scrimmage yeah, a couple years ago, but uh, they've never played a regular season game. That's correct. No and will I, I? I'm going to venture to say that will stand for uh, one more year, yeah. and then in 2024 25 season, when the GHSA does away with Class 7A and does a reclass, I do believe that all I would think the Cherokee County, Cherokee County teams, teams would be, be in one, one region, and I would. I would venture to say we might even have a Cherokee County only region, depending on. Well, that's this is a conversation for another day <laughs> yeah. because we, there's a lot to get into. Because I've done some preliminary thinking about this, you might get into the whole sub region deal again Ugh. when you have because you're eliminating 40, 48, 48, 45, 48 teams 
uh, and combining them into one. And certainly, may, some of the six A teams might go down to to class five, five A, but. But uh, I don't think any of ours would meet that mark. Yet. Uh, River Ridge would be the closest one. Yeah, to they're that. in the 1900s still. Yeah, but yeah. anyhow, we'll get into that later. Well, let's hit another break. When we come out on the other end, we will finally start to break down our Cherokee County game of the week coming up this Friday. That, of course, is the River Ridge Knights and the Woodstock Wolverines. We will talk about River Ridge's last game against North Atlanta and go over an interview with Coach Michael Collins. The first time we'll have him on the podcast. Looking forward to that. So give us just a couple minutes and we'll be back. You're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. When you are the official sponsor of the comeback, adding a few feet to a drive matters. First down. So does shaving a tenth of a second off a lap. Top-rated surgery, physical therapy, and motion analysis by the sports medicine team at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta helps young athletes not only prevent injuries, but heal faster and return stronger, ready to win. Our more than 25 orthopedic and sports medicine locations are ready to assist your athletes' comeback. To learn more, visit chhoa.org slash sportsmed. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Time to talk a little River Ridge Knights football. We will have Coach Michael Collins calling in here in just a few minutes, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But before we jump into that interview, we want to talk about their last game against North Atlanta. And I want to send out a message to all the River Ridge fans out there. It's okay. It's all right. I know that everybody was dogging on me for having Etowah number one in the power ranking. I know there were jokes about my math abilities. I know there were jokes about my intelligence. I know there were jokes about my emotional state. And I just want to say, I'm okay with those jokes. I proudly take that on the chin. But let's clear the air. River is number two in the power ranking for me. But that that loss against North Atlanta, if we're being honest with ourselves, those five turnovers really did them in. I don't think it was so much River Ridge lost as they beat themselves. I mean, five turnovers so hard to overcome. Um, and that's not characteristic of what River Ridge is. I, I think River Ridge moving forward is, is as dangerous as ever. I still like their potential. And uh, they're going to face a Woodstock team that, that's, that's been struggling a little bit here of late. But hopefully they can you know turn things around for the Wolverines. Um, but focusing on the North Atlanta game, it's so hard to overcome five turnovers. And they were splitting the quarterback duties once again with Specter and Coughlin still trying to find the guy that they wanted to go to. And they could never figure it out. I know Specter ended up with about 82 yards and a touchdown and I think either one or two interceptions. I know they ended up throwing three. Um, Coughlin fumbled the ball a couple of times. I know they were trying to get Coughlin running a little bit out of the quarterback right. position, getting that running game established. Um, so they were they were searching for some answers. They started the game off well, jumped out to that 6-0 start, forced a three and out, first drive. And uh, then after that, it kind of started to fall apart for them. But if I'm River Ridge, I don't panic. I don't think there's any reason to panic. Once again, that game really doesn't matter. Hopefully, if anything, you got your bad game out of the way. Get the bad game out of the way in the first four weeks, and moving forward, you can grow on that. So I like where River Ridge is at, um, but I do have them at number two. You just came out of the gate swinging tonight, didn't you? Well, they do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a tough one. Uh, River Ridge uh, had came, coming into the Friday's game had three turnovers on the year. Yeah. You know, five in one night is tough to overcome, like you mentioned. And, and we said this off the air. It, it's impressive that the, the margin of victory or, or defeat was only 13 points uh, when you when you put yourself in that position. So I, I think they probably ball security was probably a big a big uh, issue or a big to do thing on, on Coach Collins's checklist uh, this week in practice. I like the Knights, you know, Will, they're, they're throwing the ball at a, pr- a pretty good clip here, 212 yards uh, a game, and also still over over the century mark in rushing. They're putting up a lot of 
yards offensively. That's a tough opponent. North North Atlanta, I, I, I mentioned this, I think I have not seen them play in person, but I'd have to venture to guess a very similar team to Sprayberry, which River Ridge played, but maybe with a little bit better quarterback play from, right. from North Atlanta and, and maybe a couple of skill guys, uh, maybe a little bit, have a little bit of edge on Sprayberry. But, again, you're you're going on the road, uh, playing in one of those APS stadiums. Game and, was late. And, and you're right. You know, you've got a game before you. The game is late. That's something that we're not used to in Cherokee County. Sure. Can't make any excuses. You know, you had to go play the game, and, and North Atlanta had to – same circumstances, you know, a little bit closer because they don't play those games at, at the home stadium. But uh, the Knights come up on the short end of the stick for their first loss of the season. But, again, a, a non-region game, but you're also playing a 6A, a 6A opponent. And so you kind of maybe get a little bit of a measuring stick on where, where you stand or where North Atlanta stands and, and, you know, what you have to do to get better each week in and week out. River Ridge is, and I had to double check this. Will their their opponent's record uh, combined record is three and twelve. Yeah, um, they so have the second worst strength of schedule in Cherokee County. Right. right so that, just something to keep in mind. This is not a not a bad. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. Exactly. Uh, and against North Atlanta, they were in a ball game, yep. and again turnovers did them in. So focus on ball security. I think the Knights are right where they want to be as they start out region play this week. And the, and you beat who you beat, right? Right. You play who you have on the schedule. Right. Not your fault. You, you have to play who you have to play. And I think, you know, that 3-11 and 11 record may be a little misleading because Sprayberry is a great team. North right. Atlanta, a great team too. Um, I, I agree with you, though, is when you talk about – the problem is is that for them, you're comparing them to a Creekview team who's played Calhoun. You're comparing them to a Creekview team who played Cambridge. You're comparing them to Sequoia who's played, you know, Raven Gap, Lambert, you know, Cedartown, right. um, Cherokee, who played Cartersville. Yeah, I mean, you, you do end up in the bottom two out of that. Sure. It, it is what it is. Sure. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is that uh, River Ridge right now is uh, kind of coming back to the mean a little bit. They're coming back to the average now. So they're 32 points per game, 24 points allowed per game. Uh, their offense overperforming by about three and a little bit over three and a half, and their defense underperforming right now by uh, 2.9 really hurt by that North Atlanta game where their defense underperformed by 11 and a half points. Um, so I, I, you know, that'll balance out as well. It's the only game after things have averaged out a little bit. I know last week we talked about that Sprayberry was the only game where their defense over or their offense overperformed. That's come back to the average. Now mm-hmm. it's actually an, another example of that. So, um, to me, the math is starting to make a little bit more sense. Sometimes these predictors early on, when you use a mathematical formula way out there in left field and you think there's no way that's real, well, this is another sign of that, where it's now that it has another week of information. you got to remember, this is not only another week of information on River Ridge, it's also another week of information on Hillgrove, Pope, and Sprayberry. Sure. So now you're starting to get a picture of what those teams really are. Like, you know, we talked about that 43-13 to 13 win over Pope. How great is that win? Well, in reality... Uh, it's okay. I right. mean, they, they right. lost to Walton, and then they lost to Kell, and Pope has not been great in those three games. Sure. Sorry for any Greyhounds fans out there listening, but Pope is not in a great spot right now. Hillgrove ended up losing to, to Alatoona, a team that, that they will see in the region later on. Uh, you know, they beat them 27-14. to 14. Alatoona beat them 31-9. to 9. That win, all of a sudden, it's okay. You know, it is what it is. Sure. Now, that game is where they had two turnovers, so – you keep in the turnover margin as well. Uh, Sprayberry starting to pick up a little bit. I think Sprayberry is a quality team in that in their schedule that they've found. Beat them by a field goal, forty-five to forty-two. 
once again, you beat who you beat, but it's okay. Right now, Riverage to me has done what they needed to do. They're okay. They're good. They're fine. They're second for a reason. I think they're second. Everybody else in Cherokee County, I don't think Etowah has any glaring issues. That's why they're number one. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody below them has either a glaring issue or something they have to work out. Sure. So that's why River Ridge is number two. Don't have any problem with the Knights. Looking forward to seeing what they do this Friday. All right. I've got River Ridge number two also, Will. Uh, but I tell you this, if they turn the ball, keep turning the ball over five times a game, that's, yeah, that's, that's really going to you know, come to bite them in, in, in the backside uh, as, as region play starts now. And I don't care who you're playing. You don't ever want to give a team that much confidence uh, coming in. And you've got a Woodstock team that's just itching uh, for a win in the, in the worst way. And how great would it be to, to beat your crosstown rival you know, at home, at at home, yeah. yeah. So you've got uh, you've got River Ridge coming into Woodstock. We'll talk about them in a minute here, uh, but it's it's going to be an interesting game. They're negative, they're minus on that turnover uh, margin here, and and I think that's a big thing to look out for the yeah. rest of the season. Is how can they? I'm, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but can they really protect the protect the football? Uh, but man, they're they're doing everything else right it feels like yeah i think turnovers kind of get overblown sometimes if you don't look at the turnover margin excellent point they turn the ball over five times the turnover margin was three right i mean they they really lost three possessions on that they did not take the ball away from north atlanta but twice um which normally is good if you get through turnovers on defense that's great um but when your offense turns the ball over five times you put yourself so far behind the eight ball you can't even come back from it so i'm with you I like where River Ridge is at. We'll see what happens this week against Woodstock. And in, in order to find out what's going to happen against Woodstock, we're going to talk to the man himself, Coach Michael Collins. He's going to be calling in here in just a moment. And in order to get him lined up, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come out on the other end, we will be talking to the head knight himself, Coach Collins. Give us just a few seconds and we'll be back. Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. Thank you for joining us on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And calling in now is the head coach of the River Ridge Knights, Coach Michael Collins. Coach, thank you for being with us. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, I'm going to start with the first question here. You guys have come out of the out-of-region schedule at 3-1, and one, uh, impressed a lot of people, I think, around the area with how you've played. Uh, what is your assessment of your team as through the first four games, and what have you seen that you've liked? I like the way we run around on defense. I think we're a very athletic team on defense, uh, a physical team. We've got a lot of guys that get to the football. Um, I like our special teams. We've been able to make some plays special teams-wise. I like our kicking game. Uh, I like our offense. We, we are trying to work hard on being balanced on offense, and we're getting better at that. We've had some success through the air. I'm hoping that we can uh, continue to work on our ground game, but – uh, I, I like us in all three phases. We're a young football team, so I'm hoping that we're just going to continue to get better. We can continue to get better. I, I like our chances to compete moving forward. Coach, you said in the preseason show, you talked about how you guys kind of take a look at what's coming up through the pipeline and, and tailor your offense for that. And and I, I had to admit, I'm thinking, I'm like, that that sounds good. And that sounds kind of like coach speak, but you just, you know, you're losing Amir and Carson and Brian Bradley and, 
and uh, a couple other guys, but it looks like you were not telling any lies to me, Coach, and I should have taken you for your word. <laughs> what um, Has that group exceeded or met your expectation being as, as youthful as they are at some of the skill positions? Um, uh, I, the only expectation I have for those guys is, is to show up and do the best they can every day and to get better every day. Uh, so they, they've done that. I, I, I see daily improvement out of our younger guys. Uh, I'm super excited about them. We've got a we've got a good, strong core group of receivers that are uh, getting a lot of playing time and a lot of playing experience early. Um, and Ethan Spector and Isaiah, our quarterback combination, are, uh, they're getting better every day, uh, along with our running backs and our offensive line. Now we did have a few guys back offensive line wise, Armbuckle and and Reed and. Uh, actually, Paul saw a little bit of time as well, but they're getting better every day too. So, as far as my expectations, yes, they, they've met them, um, and I'm 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 excited about them, and I, I hope, like I said earlier, I hope they'll just continue to grow and continue to get better. And now that we're about to go in the region play, uh, hopefully, the experience of these four games is going to help us a little bit. Coach, as we turn the attention over to region play, you kick it off with Woodstock. What kind of challenges do Wood, does Woodstock present your team, and and what are some uh, plans to counteract that? Well, they got a they got a young quarterback that I would call a dual threat quarterback and a coach's son with a lot of savvy. Uh, he's a young guy like ours, but uh, you know he's, he's he's raised by a coach, and you can tell he's he's got a lot of football in his belt already. Uh, so he'll he'll propose a challenge for us, and then they've got a an app state commit that they put out on the flank on both sides that we're going to have to contain and try to uh, somehow avoid a big play out of him. They got a big old left tackle. Uh, I think he's listed at two eighty. And I think he might have taken one leg off the scale when they waited. He looks way bigger than 280. He's a big old dude, and he can move too now. So they're going to run behind him. So we've got to some kind of way uh, get over there and, and, and close the gap on him and stop their run game. And we've got to be balanced on offense, like I said earlier. Like one of our goals is try to balance the offense out and throw it when we want to throw it and run it when we want to run it and hold on to the football and, and hopefully win special teams and um, maybe get something going early so we can take that crowd out of it. I know that Woodstock crowd will be ready to go. So well, we need something to go good early for us so we can uh, maybe get the, get the crowd out of it and, and see if we can make it a ball game. Coach, we got one more question here as we wrap it up with you tonight. What we spend a lot of time, and you've, you've gone over some, some of your players, but I want to highlight you guys lost uh, your, your offensive coordinator, uh, from from a year ago, but you bring in uh, uh, Levi Brown to do the play calling for you. How difficult or easy is it for you to assimilate assimilate a new coordinator uh, in, into an integral part of, uh, of the game for you? Well, one thing about uh, Coach Brown is he's a teacher first, and I, I think that's made the transition somewhat smooth as far as him understanding what it takes to, to install an offense with a lot of young players. Uh, he's gone at a very slow pace since the time he walked through the door, which I think the guys have appreciated. And we were also fortunate enough to return some coaches on the offensive side of the ball as well, and I think uh, that the guys were familiar with. And, it, and honestly, it came in and, and it clicked. It was almost like he had been here the whole time. It's just been a, a real pleasant having him, and the transition's been, uh, and I feel like, extremely smooth. Um, but it, t- it did take a lot of work. It took a lot of work from Coach Brown, and it took a lot of work from uh, our kids and mainly our quarterbacks. He spent a good bit of time with them. He still does. Uh, and we're still working through that. We're still working through it. But I don't feel like it's been any more challenging than it would have been 
if we would have kept our offense coordinator because we're so young. So, um, so far, I feel like we're, we're progressing and, and we're hitting the mark. I just hope we can continue to do that. All right, well, Coach, we'll let you get out of here, and we appreciate you taking some time and being with us. Oh, man, always a privilege. I really appreciate you guys having us, having me. All right, Art, that was a good interview with Coach Collins. Uh, first time we got to talk to him on the podcast since the preseason show. is good to talk to him. Sounds like he's in a pretty good spirits over there. Yeah, I mean, he's probably uh, probably ran those guys a little bit uh, Monday morning. So. Uh, they, they may have had to carry that football with them through class, through the hallways of uh, River Ridge High School. But uh, Coach Collins is always jovial. Uh, love having him on the podcast and, and wish we would have gotten to speak to him before this point. Uh, but it's just the way our schedule has worked out. But, look, he's he's got great things to say about his program and his opponent coming up this week who we're about to talk about right now, Will. Yeah, the Woodstock Wolverines, 0-4 on the year. Let's get that out of the room. Um, to me, you know, they scored 14 points. We talked last week on the podcast. We wanted Woodstock to be able to score more than one possession of points. You know, they put up 9, 6, and 7. Right. They put up 14. Right. One of those being a kickoff return. Sure. So your offense didn't actually score more than a touchdown. Um, now, they were able to move the ball a little bit more effectively than they have in the past. Um, you know, Hoff has taken over at quarterback. So to clarify for any River Ridge fans listening to this part, Coach Troy Hoff is the head coach. His son, Tyler Hoff, is the quarterback. I like where Tyler is at. I thought he he's done a good job. Um, the one thing about Woodstock is they have a couple of athletes around that are pretty dangerous. Um, you know, the left tackle, you know, Coach Collins talked about it, uh, a Garcia at wide receiver and, and defensive back. He plays both ways. Uh, Duthit, you know, all county, all state, even in some honorable mentions in there, getting recruited by some Power 5 programs as well. Every bit of six foot four, every bit of 280, as Coach Collins said. Sure, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, Woodstock has pieces, and then you include young guys like Chase Kalina, Drew Burmeister, who are playing a little. They're still trying to find spots for those guys. Those were guys as freshmen that I really liked and mm-hmm. saw. They had a couple of action in there, but I really like where they're at offensively and defensively. And then Isaiah Payton has taken over as their running back, and he's also a sophomore. So a very young Woodstock team, which to me is a dangerous team. Um, you know, you hope – for River Ridge fans that they don't sleep on Woodstock because Woodstock is dangerous and has the capability to put things together. Uh, but once again, you know, the, the big question remains the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have to find a way to stop River Ridge from scoring, you know. I mean, it, they got to hold them under 35. Let's, right. let's just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. I mean, at least 28, 24, 21, you make it a competitive game at that point, you know. Um, I, I just, it's hard to talk about Woodstock right now because you don't know where they're at because they're playing teams like Lassiter, 64 to 14. Obviously that's not a score they want to attribute to. Lassiter also has a division one quarterback committed to Georgia state. Um, you talk about the Hiram game, Hiram ends up looking like a better team than we thought. You talk about, um, you know, just, just their losses right now. They don't seem that bad. I know the scores are pretty crooked. Even that 6-34 to 34 loss to Cherokee on the outside looks pretty bad, but I thought there were gro- there was growth in there. So as they move into the region, you know, it's, it's hard to put them in the upper echelon of the region, to be totally honest with you. I, I don't think that they're with Rome, Alatoona, you know, Etowah, Creekview right now. But to me, they're, they're, they're going to catch somebody somewhere in here. I think they're a catch-somebody team. And, and it could start this week with River Ridge coming off of not their best performance against North Atlanta. We'll see what happens. 
Yeah, that's it's going to be a, a tough one. River Ridge, um, ugh, ugh. Woodstock, who is River Ridge's opponent, who we're talking about. Let me get my mind right here, Will. Good grief. Um, 0-4, as you mentioned, stru- struggling, but they were in a game up until uh, partway through the second quarter of that game last week. And then the wheels really fell off the bus. Lassiter scored, I think it was 28 points in a matter of, you know, six or seven, eight minutes. Yeah, pretty quick. And, uh, and then Woodstock was not able to recover. So that's something that I think is going to be important for them and for their psyche. Can we get in a game and stay in a game? Right. All four, all four quarters and be competitive. I, I think, like you said, they've, they've shown uh, they've been able to sustain a few drives. You know, Hoff's got uh, just under 300 yards passing, a couple touchdowns. Uh, we've seen Peyton run the ball. I think he's up to 180 yards on the season. And you talked about Kalina and Garcia at wide receiver. So you got some pieces. You know, we saw Carson Gray uh, starting to to assert himself defensively. But who else is going to be the next guy defensively along with him to come along? You, you, you've right. got some young guys, you know, Burmeister leading the team in tackles, um, uh, McKellar. Uh, we, we mentioned Carson Gray, those guys leading the team in tackles. But so you know, you gotta you gotta put it all together for four quarters if you're if you're Woodstock, and they just haven't been able to do that uh, to this point. And and the record reflects it. And as you mentioned, some of that has to do with some of the people that they have been playing. I know I, I think a lot of people, if, you, if we would have said, well, Osborne early in the season, well, uh, look, they've they've got a couple of kids that are going to go play college football at the skill position, and and right. and uh, so. Th- you know, you take that off the table. Uh, they might be a couple of years uh, or a year ahead of where Woodstock will be. So I think it's just right now is growing pains for the Wolverines, and it doesn't get any easier this Friday night as, as River Ridge comes calling to the, to the Wolverine Den. Yeah, and, and here to talk about that game against River Ridge calling in now is Coach Hoff. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll answer his call and get him set up and get him ready for the interview on the other side of this break. Give us just a few seconds, and we'll be back. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I am looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click employment at the top of the page. Become a deputy sheriff in Cherokee County today. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And joining us now is the head coach of the Woodstock Wolverines, Coach Troy Hoff. Coach, thank you for being with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. <clears throat> Absolutely, Coach. We're looking forward to the game this Friday. Wanted to ask you a couple questions about that. But before we do, we want to go over your season so far. Um, obviously, it's been a tough start for you guys. But what's been the message to your team as, as you've worked through some of these uh, first game issues? I think keep fighting. Um, you know, we've, we've been in games and there's been spots where if we make a few plays, um, and I'm not saying it changes a complete outcome. We, we know that, um, you know, football is a four quarter game and anything can happen, but there's been points where we've been in games in, in, you know, into the second quarter where it's a tight game and even coming out of the half where, um, we've put ourselves in good situations where, you know, if we respond a little better and, and make a couple plays, we could, you know, push push that game into the fourth quarter and be competitive, which is what we're always looking for. So uh, I think the message is look look at where we were in a few of those situations and and try to get better. Um, we're still looking for consistency across the board. Um, we've had a lot of guys in and out for, for various reasons with 
you know, personnel changes, um, trying to find, you know, what works and, and how pieces fit together still. Um, and, and I think with a young team that, that, that continues um, as they gain experience until we can find out what, what some of these guys can and can't do on Friday night. Coach, you talked about plugging and, and playing in, in different personnel uh, with your team. With that being said, in, in four games in, what's, what areas of, of improvement have you seen out of your team despite what, what the record might say? There's been times we've ran the ball better, and I think that's where it's got to start. Um, you know, it's hard to, you know, when you get behind the chains or, or you're behind in the scoreboard to, to throw the ball all night because – Obviously, that shifts the favorite, you know, to the defense, and they can give you a bunch of different looks and come after you. So, I, I think when we've been at our best, we've been balanced. And I'll say the same thing on defense. Um, when we can get to teams as third and long and get off the field on third down and make some plays, um, you know, that gives you some advantages. Uh, a tough situation is when you are second and third and long on 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 offense and and defense. You know, if if you're giving up some chunk plays or you know, letting the offense play, you know, short down football, um, that, that always opens up the playbook wide open and makes it a lot tougher for you. Coach, as you turn your attention to uh, River Ridge coming up this Friday, what kind of challenges do the Knights present to your team and, and what are some plans to counteract that? Yeah, we got to try to slow them down. Um, you know, they've been putting up points, um, playing some good football teams, and, and they've got a lot of weapons. So, um, you know, they've been – playing really consistent football, I think. I know they had a tough one against North Atlanta last week. Um, but, you know, across the board, offense, like I said, scores points. Uh, defense is, is very, very sound fundamentally. They run to the ball well. Um, you know, they like, in their system, they, they make things hard on you um, on the perimeter. And so it, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Coach, we, uh, we've got uh, one more question for you here as we wrap up. But I want to talk about a couple of, of seniors, and I'm, I might miss a couple of players, but two guys in particular, uh, Adonis Garcia and then Car, uh, Carson Gray. Um, how, are the, how have those guys been impact uh, players for you? And if there's anybody else that, that we're missing that's been an impact player for your team, kind of let us know uh, if you could let us know how they've impacted your, your team this season so far. Yeah, those are your two good ones to start with right now. Um, you know, Adonis started off the game. Um, last week with a big kick return, and he continues to show explosiveness and, um, um, you know, made a couple plays down the field, uh, which, which is good for his confidence, um, but, but doing a good job and working hard in practice, and, and you're seeing it on both sides of the ball. Um, Carson, we got him back after he, he was out injured, and, you know, he responded with leading us, I think, 10 tackles, two tackles for loss last week, you know, playing, you know, a key part at linebacker in our defense, so um, we need those guys as, as well as, you know, some other guys that are logging a lot of snaps to really play good football um, continually to, to, to keep us moving forward. All right. Well, Coach, that's all the questions we got for you. Appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing your team on Friday. Thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Appreciate you having me on and, and uh, all you do for football, guys. Uh, enjoy it. So thank you to Coach Hoff for spending some time and talking about his Woodstock Wolverines as they're getting ready to play the River Ridge Knights. And here to break it down with me, Art, let's talk about the River Ridge Knights versus the Woodstock Wolverines. Uh, I have three main questions I want to go over. First of all, who will we see at quarterback for the Knights? Uh, you know, it's been a combination of Coughlin and Spectre 
you know, I know both of them didn't have particularly impressive games last Friday. It will be interesting to see who they open up with and who the hot hand is. Can Woodstock hold back the River Ridge offense? And anyway, can they eliminate the running game? Can they eliminate the passing game? Where can they find a way to make River Ridge one-dimensional? If they want to win this game, they're going to have to do that. And then the third one is really kind of more of a personnel question, and that is Garcia versus Ayers on Woodstock's offense and River Ridge defense. I would think MJ Ayers is going to travel with Garcia. And then Garcia versus Hollier, as Hollier, I would imagine, would be labeled as wide receiver number one. I know Jackson Head splits out wide, but he's a tight end. I, I would think that they would want him to cover Hollier. I don't know that for sure. We'll see what happens on Friday night. Those are three of my main questions for me. Um, obviously, Woodstock's going to come in here an underdog. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me on that one. But um, for me, you know, Riverridge is in a better position as far as the first four games through the year. It's just going to be up to Woodstock to set the pace. They're at home. This is the region opener. Throw away that 0-4 record and get ready to play the best ball game you have all year. Yeah, region opener. You just kind of you, you start anew. And we talked about uh, this is the – second season and it's the most important game of the second season right now and and Woodstock is going to have to find a way as you mentioned to to figure out how to slow down that River Ridge Express averaging about 340 yards of offense per game well I know we talked about the quarterback controversy for River Ridge but just to let you know Mr. Spector has also thrown for 709 yards on the season I think that's good for number two in the county and also seven touchdowns that's going to be difficult. We talked about Hollier and Head and, and as wide receivers, but then you got to turn around and think, all right, if there's a if there's a third receiver, um, uh, whether it's Daniel Fitchner, who we've seen get some time out yeah. there, or, or even Thompson over there getting some catches, man, they just got a lot of weapons. And and when they figure when they figure out that run game, you know, flashback to Coach Collins and that conversation, this is going to be a really dangerous team. If if you're Woodstock, you hope they don't really get it figured out on Friday night. And then flipping the coin, talking about Woodstock, they've got to w- find a way. And, and we we heard Coach Hoff talk about this. Sustain drives, stay on the field. If you're defense, you got to get off the field. You got to get, you know, the three and outs. You can't play behind the chains. And I, it's those things aren't rocket science, but figuring out how to get some of those young players um, to grow up fast and grow up under under pressure. I mean, it's baptism by fire right now yeah. for some of those young guys over at Woodstock. Uh, and it, they've got to win. You know, one thing I'm, I'm looking for Woodstock. Hey, let's let's win the turnover battle. Right. That's that's one thing we that, that that might be able to help them. Let's find a way to score on special teams again. Um, it, you know, River Ridge has been pretty good in their special teams, so that's that might yeah. be a big ask. But you know, do a couple of those things and see if you can get to halftime in the ball game and and then go from there. But uh, let's let's it's it's one snap. You know, one series, one quarter at a time, and win each one of those. If you're if you're Woodstock, and at the end of the game, you look up and might be a little surprised at what you see on that scoreboard. Yeah, and I, I think that's all Woodstock has to hope for is, is chaos. I, I think right now Woodstock is trying to make chaos plays, and uh, that that's really what it breaks down to for me. I mean, I think River Ridge, for River Ridge, I think what River Ridge wants is is to dictate the game plan. And I think Woodstock wants to live in the chaos of turnovers, negative plays, kickoff return for touchdowns, blocked stuff. I mean, all that stuff that we talk about that can happen in a football game that's so random. And, you know, I I know this this game isn't necessarily 
the quote-unquote rivalry game when you're talking about the Battle of Sound Lake or the Battle of East Cherokee Drive or the Battle of, you know, Etowah and Cherokee being the oldest one or Sequoia and Cherokee, blah, 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 blah. It's still a rivalry. I mean, River Ridge and Woodstock are not separated by that much, and these kids definitely know each other at this point. I mean, they've played for the last few years. So the only difference now is, is that this is a region game. So there's even a little bit more weight added onto it. So uh, I know that Woodstock's going to be ready to play. It's at Woodstock, at the Woodshed. We will, of course, be there with uh, the broadcast crew on 101.1 FM WLJ. Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show at 7 o'clock with the predictions. 7.30 with first kick, and we'll be with you through all the way, going over all the other scores going on around the area and in the county as well. So if you're heading out of town, if you're thinking, you know, we're getting ready to hit the road, Make sure you flip it over to us. If you get out of our range, you can always stream it on WLJRadio.com or any of your radio tune-in apps. Or if you're at home packing for that trip, or if you're staying home having a night in, you can always find it on your smart speaker as well. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play WLJ Radio. We'll be right there. Man, that's wonderful. Well, one thing I want to mention, one one further thing just on this defense, uh, this ball game here is River Ridge's defense. We hadn't talked about them a, a ton, but sure. I'm going to tell you, I got a chance to watch a little bit of film on their um, defensive lineman, Ethan Anderson. And, man, this this kid is going to be a problem. Uh, we'll see where he he lines up along that line and, and how Woodstock tries to block him. But I think he could, he's a guy – you talked about chaos plays on the other side of the coin. He's a guy that can cause some chaos. So I was I was excited about watching his film. I was like, man, this is – I have not really seen this kid, but he's pretty disruptive. Yeah. And so that's something I'm going to be looking forward to watch, how Coach Hoff and that, and that offensive line for Woodstock – defend against that defensive line for River Ridge. Yeah, and I think this might be some of the best athletes on the field at one time with Garcia, with MJ Ayers, with Grant Holly, or with sure. Jackson Head. I think we're going to see with Brewmeister, with Kalina. I think we're going to see some of the best athletes in Cherokee County on display. Um, it's just going to be a matter of who wins that that battle on the perimeter. And, you know, we can talk about that all day long. But to me, there's also two of the best offensive linemen in the county in Fletcher going up against Duthit as well on the opposite ends of the ball. And you mentioned, you know, guys like uh, Anderson on, on that end of the ball who can really make a difference in the game. So yeah. uh, to me, there's a lot of unknowns. I know that, you know, once once again, the rankings are going to say that, that Riveridge should be favored pretty heavily. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just not willing to buy into it yet. I think that this Woodstock team is going to be coming out and ready to prove that they're not that 0-4 record, that they are improving each week. And uh, that's all you can ask for at this point. I think Woodstock's going to put up a good fight, though. That's all. That's that's it. And I think that's it for us, isn't it? Have we, that, we've worked hard. I tell you what, the only thing this episode is missing is a Dave Garner rant about the Atlanta Falcons. I could even plug it. Man, we probably could, couldn't we? We could. I could get him on the phone. Nah, let's. You know what? We'll save it for. Let's another save it for another day. I'm the, the way the Falcons play football. I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities for Dave Garner to go on a rant. There we'll. won't be any hurries about that. <laughs> well, just a reminder: we will not be here next week. We are taking the week off, as it is fall break for all of you. It is also a fall break for us to rest our vocal cords and uh, get our sanity back as we figure out where everybody actually is after the first week of region play. So we're looking forward to talking to you a couple of weeks from today as you're listening to this. Of course, we thank you all so much for listening. I've been Will Cooper alongside Arthur Mosley. Remember to join us on Friday night at 7 o'clock where we will announce our predictions for all the games and then 7.30 for the first kick as the River Ridge Knights make the trip over to the woodshed to face the Woodstock Wolverines. And remember, Art, we're We're one one day closer closer to Jesus. Jesus. This was the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Make sure to join Will and Art next week for the next episode and each Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Cherokee County Game of the Week on WLJA 101.1 FM.